Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition Politics and Rana Miguerto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a wonderful show for you today. Deb Danny, welcome aboard. Project Veritas tried to do a sting operation on the FBI. It's all infiltrated. It's all a mess. That You know, it, it's amazing. Even the real conservatives have turned against their party. Bridge MCP, yeah, the man Michael. Welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Michael Rodden, welcome aboard. Bridge MCP says... This is killing me. More than 100 citations have been found cooped up inside a series of tiny enclosures off Russia's Pacific coast near southeastern city of uh, Natoka. It totals 11 orcas and 90 beluga whales are being housed in what activists are now calling a whale jail, potentially illegally. That is the largest number of marine animals to be held in such a way Reports whale and dolphin conservation. Hadn't seen that story. Got to look for it. Uh, let's see what we got here. Michael Rodnin, welcome aboard. Uh, Deb Denny, let's see who else we got in so far. Uh, every, Yvette Avery Herod, our unions, our union expert or union activist is here. Uh, Michael starts, as usual, leaked video. Dark Money Group brags about writing GOP voter suppression bills across the country. Those in the know have understood what they've been doing, good Alec bribery, but to see them not caring to be out in the open with it, that open corruption needs to be a crime charged with felonies. You know, Donald Trump perfected it. He told you he was going to commit crimes. He told you in the wide open so that he would normalize it into one believing, even if it's not all that cool, it's not something to be jailed about. That's what, you know... That he's perfected doing that. Until we change the paradigm, other people are going to grab that. It's like Matt Gates. Matt Gates thought he could get away with everything, right? But we have two years, or actually a year and a half, to change the paradigm. We have to make it clear again that evil is evil, that doing wrong is doing wrong. We have to do all those things going forward. And I, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to interview. Uh, Bill Crystal, conservative that I generally had not agreed with, but you'll see uh, that um, he he's making a whole lot of sense. And in our premium content that I did, another piece that I did with him that is for our our members, you'd also see that the guy actually believes in things like, or may believe in things like Medicare for All and redistribution. Reality have a way of making all good people converge on to similar results, if not the same. ExxonMobil wants you to feel responsible for climate change so it doesn't have to. A new study reveals how the oil company used cutting-edge propaganda to focus on fossil fuel consumption and fuel climate denial and ecocide, ecocide to the charges. Take, need to take a look at that article. But, you know, they do that all the time, right? Well, it's you're the one who's driving the car, and you need to make sure and get to the places that you want to get. And by the way, you love those plastics, don't you? All those are petrochemical devices or petrochemical materials that you're using. It's your fault, of course. The, the, the right thing to do, and, and to put it bluntly, if that is the case, I haven't read the article, but if that is the argument that they're making, they're partially correct, but we also have to say, why aren't we really investing in biodegradable plastics made from corn, from corn or other substances that are biodegradable? We do, we do and should accept partial responsibility. After all, we're the ones who keep the politicians in power that enable the 
ones who pilfer us, the ones who pollute us, the ones who poison us, to remain in power. So I, don't, I haven't read the article, but maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe we do need to take, as Americans, as world citizens, maybe we do need to take more responsibility, and that's what we are doing here, right? We're making sure that we are all informed. You know, they, 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 what, the, what Exxon doesn't tell you is they also try to, con in the past, and probably the present, they try to convince you of things like carbon dioxide is good for the energy plants, need carbon dioxide, you put more carbon dioxide in the air and they grow better. They're the ones who are telling you that because uh, fossil fuel holds such a high density of energy, it is irreplaceable. Not true, but it does have a very high density of energy compared to, let's say, other, other, other forms of generating electricity. So we have to all take responsibility in making this a better planet. That's what we got to do. Freshly made plutonium from outer space found on ocean floor. What's this? A trace fragment of a neutron star smashed was found in the Pacific Ocean. Hadn't seen that story either, but that's interesting. That may be a way to get away. Who knows? Michael Renan said, Gilberto, can you put this one on the screen? I've seen a variation of this meme going around with the caption, if you keep them busy with the basic needs, they will forget about the freedom they've lost. Ah, that's a good one. When you, that's a good one, Michael. That's a good one. Let's go ahead and put that up there. Uh, where do I get it? Let's see. When you've been made to focus on survival, freedom is just out of view. Folks, folks, look at that graphic. That is important. It is other, we talk about this all the time, right? Uh, when you keep things out of focus, it's like, why do I want to engage people on the right? Why do I want to engage as much the anarchists as the ideologue? Why do I want to do all those things? I want to do that because I understand how the plutocracy works. If we are fighting each other, if we are hating on each other, we do not see those who are screwing us. And that's why we should all get together. And by the way, that's why... You know, I wrote the book as well, How uh, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors, and, of course, a new book. What is it called again? How to Make America Utopia. Anyway, thank you for that one, uh, Michael Redden. I like it. I'm going to keep it on the screen for a, a while longer. How many of our fellow Americans can't uh, make ends meet and we're focused on survival? 70%. This is a broken system that could do with some overturning. I don't think you're going to get many people to disagree with you. Not even, not even those on the right disagree with you. They just happen to believe the problem is different than what it really is. And that is our job to solve that problem, right? It's our job. Egberto, that article is from 2018. Those ARCAS have been freed in 2019. Thank you very much for uh, eliminating that on us. Thank you so kindly. I can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose voters. That's what Trump did say. ATL Fleming, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, evil is on all sides. Remember that, not just one side. Um, I am not talking sides here. I am talking simply evil. All right? I am simply talking evil. And so I don't have to talk about left or right for evil. Uh, today we, we have... Uh, Bill Crystal, 
that's going to be that I interviewed. He's a he's much right of where I stand. In fact, he was very very right of where I stand. But what I've noticed in talking to him is, you know, there's this comment that people would say, as you get older, you get more conservative. As he got her older, he's gotten more progressive. And, and, and it's not that he's losing his values. It's that he's just seeing what has happened, reality, right? He has seen the inequities. He has seen the disparities. And in fact, after the interview that we scheduled to do was simply to talk about his, uh, his concern about the Republican Party. Then I said, hey, I want to have some premium content for my subscribers. Let's talk about what conservatism really means to you. What do you think about Medicare for All? What do you think about redistribution? And I think you'll find his answer shocking, but that one is reserved for our members. Um, anyhow, let's continue. Um, let me scroll down here. Uh, Eric Hayes, propaganda goes with the territory. Look at what is taking place daily. Exxon Valdez, uh, Bo Campbell, Ex how you doing, Bo? Welcome to the program. Haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Michael Rudnan says, uh, how many of our fellow Americans can't make ends meet and are currently focused on survival? 70%. That's a shame. And you know, you know when, I, when I really saw that, as we went ahead and saw those lines of people that are driving fairly nice cars, right? They got their loans to buy their car. They were working and all of that. The pandemic came, and they realized that, wow, I am always one paycheck away from being a starved person. Sad. Bo Campbell says, stop the speculation on single-family homes. That would solve 75% of the problems facing us all and a lot more, you know. Um, Eric Hayes, Elvis, evil is... Bond reform, you and Bond, I'm not talking Bond today, my brother, I understand you. We can sit down and have some coffee about Bond sometimes, but that's not my spiel. Uh, let's see, Michael Campbell says, is there a good article about, oh, Michael Rudnan, that's a conversation. Okay, folks, let me tell you what the show is about today. Let's get to that screen. The show today is interview, Bill Crystal admonishes his GOP, Jen Psaki, neuters reporters, deranged representative Green. Let's go ahead and start with the interview that we did yesterday. I told you I had an interview with Bill Crystal. Let's go ahead and do that, and then we'll take it on the other side. So let's go ahead and get busy. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis. Today we have a very special guest. Well, we know we do 25% or so that are conservative. Well, everybody knows Bill Crystal. Bill Crystal is a conservative stalwart. He is the director of Defending Democracy, a fellow at Harvard's Institute of Politics Kennedy School, and the editor-at-large at The Bulwark. We all recognize Mr. Crystal as the ardent defender of the conservative positions on every TV, radio, network, and at conferences throughout the nation. In fact, I met him at the Bridge Alliance. It is for this reason that his turn against his former party is of utmost importance and something that we better get beyond. Mr. Crystal, Bill Crystal, welcome to Politics and Right. How are you doing today? Thanks. It's great to be with you and uh, good to be on your show. I, I don't know that my turn is of utmost importance, but I'm happy to talk about it for a few minutes anyway. Well, look, let me, let, let me tell you, actually, I think having somebody like you, uh, I don't want to, I don't know, have you left the party or not? 
Well, in Virginia, we don't have party res uh, 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 registration, so that's how I ducked that question. I haven't voted for a Republican really since Trump became president because even down ballot, though there are some individually decent Republicans, if you're running for the House in 2018 or 2020, you're running as a Trump supporter, basically, or as a supporter of Kevin McCarthy, who's a Trump supporter. Uh, and even at the state level, it sort of trickles down the Trump, the Trumpization of the uh, Republican Party here in Virginia has been pretty striking. If you followed the, the, the primary last week, the convention and so forth, the race for the Republican nomination for governor here. So yes, I'm, I'm not a loyal Republican anymore. I'm not sure I'm really a loyal Democrat yet. So I'm just sort of uh, in between, like a lot of Americans, I guess. But you're, con you're, you're still a, a conservative to the core, correct? Mostly. I mean, I was probably always a little too heterodox to be a conservative to the core. I always respected American liberalism. I worked for uh, liberals, Cold War liberals, you know, not moderate liberals, you might say, in the 70s, Scoop Jackson, Pat Moynihan, uh, and always tried to cross party lines when I thought it was appropriate or supported Bill Clinton on his intervention in Bosnia and Kosovo, for example. So, you know, um, I don't think I was ever maybe quite as dogmatic or staunch a conservative as some, some other people. But no, I certainly, and I remain conservative on many issues, American leadership in the world, free markets, um, lots of issues where I don't agree with my progressive friends, but I do believe the liberal democracy is the most important thing. And on that, uh, unfortunately, the Republican Party, one of our two major parties, is no longer a reliable supporter of really core aspects of our of our free government of our liberal democracy well look bill i remember watching you on tv so often pulling out the hairs that i don't have <laughs> and then i remember going to the bridge alliance i am a, i'm a allied with the bridge alliance as well and uh, because I, I really believe in that we all have to get together all the parties need to get together for a, for a common good that's what i preach on my show as well and um but watching you on TV right now, it's always, oh, God, the man is right. The man is right. Now, uh, I am not sure exactly if you have made a, a change or is it that we've moved so far to the right that it seems like you've made a change deep inside of your heart. What do you think it is? That's a good, it's a good way of putting the question. So I'd say some of both. I think more the movement to the right or, or against democracy, I would say. You can be a very staunch conservative for against all kinds of government programs. You can be for a very uh, aggressive US role in the world. You can be for uh, you know, free markets, as I said before, and, and, and in, in all kinds of ways and reducing government size. And, but you can strongly for the core institutions of liberal democracy. So I, I don't think I've, mo I've moved a bit. I think you know, you'd have to, when the Republican Party, the conservative party produces Donald Trump and then defends Donald Trump and renominates Donald Trump, I think you'd be foolish not to say, what was there something more, something wrong, something more problematic about the conservatism I embraced about the Republican Party I supported? And I think the answer is yes. There were some things I didn't see or didn't want to see or didn't see clearly enough. Uh, but I also think the more important thing, frankly, is, is the party has changed so much. And American conservatism, which once rejected anti-democratic extremes, mostly, but I think pretty consistently. I spent a lot of time fighting Pat Buchanan in the 90s and <laughs> little time fighting uh, Ron Paul in the 2000s and, and uh, fighting uh, Bill Buckley fought extremism on the right and so forth. Um, that's totally collapsed. And so the party, the change in the party, I mean, who cares about me? The, the change in the party and in the nature of conservatism to some degree in America, that's in the Republican Party, that's really the, the important thing and the, and the dangerous thing. 
Now, for those who've said that Donald Trump has really brought out who the Republican Party has always been, and with your introspection on saying maybe there were things that you uh, didn't see or didn't want to see, how would you respond to that? I think Trump brought out some things that were always there, some things that one knew were there. Look, it's a huge country and there are 60 million, 70 million people voting for Republican candidates. You can't monitor every one of them, obviously. So there were always sort of uh, unpleasant aspects to the party. And sometimes they flared up. And normally, I think they were either suppressed or at least shoved aside. As I say, we probably thought we had suppressed them more than we had. We, we were probably turned a blind eye to certain aspects or didn't want to see certain things. I think on some issues. So no, Charlie Sykes, my, my friend and colleague says that, uh, likes to say that um, it, it's right to say that there was a recessive gene in the Republican party that was probably nativist, somewhat racially bigoted, mean-spirited, uh, kind of conservative defending people who've made it and not doing as much as it should to help people who, who could use a hand from government and so forth. But it was a recessive gene mostly. I mean, it, it was kept in, in under, you know, we, we, we suppressed it, so to speak, uh, but recessive genes don't go away. And then and in this case, they've really, it's really flared up with Trump, no question. I mean, I always, I supported Jack Kemp, who was the kind of Republican, I think, who did- I like Jack much Kemp. Harder, much harder to think about a positive role for government, a market-friendly positive role. So anyway, I, I think they've always been different strains. Look, there are these huge, America has two political parties. They're huge. They have many different factions and elements and uh, you know, I don't even know to call them strains within them. Uh, so, but I, I do think, yes, the party was, was, was not as healthy as I thought, but it's not as, un, it was nowhere near as unhealthy as it's now become. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Now, I, I love uh, on your uh, website and folks, uh, the website is defendingdemocracytogether.org, defendingdemocracytogether.org. You wrote this, we believe in an American exceptionalism, reads the opening line of the 2016 Republican Party platform. We believe the United States of America is unlike any other nation on earth, yet today, the Republican Party finds itself entertaining some of the same unsettling nativist and authoritarian impulses that characterized Europe throughout the 20th century. These ideals are antithetical to what it means to be a Republican and what it means to be America. Why did I read that? Right now, there is a mission to create a I don't know if it's an alternative Republican Party. I don't know if it's just an alternative party. First of all, are you a part of that movement? I'm friendly to those guys, to the people who signed that statement. I, I, I didn't sign it myself. It, it, it goes a little far for me in the third party direction, whereas I think I'm, I'd be worried that just to set up a third party would uh, divert voters' attention from the fact that probably in 2022 and 24, we have a binary choice, really, and the choice is the Biden administration uh, and a Democratic Congress, which um, that has some strengths and it has some weaknesses as well. Uh, but the choice is that or the current Republican Party. So I, I, I don't want people to sort of, uh, but, but look, I think it's very important to challenge the Republican Party from within. I support what Liz Cheney's tried to do. Uh, we have the Republican Accountability Project at Defending Democracy Together, which tries to support Republicans who voted for impeachment, for conviction, who are challenging the conspiracy theorists, challenging the people who are have embraced the big lie. So the, the more sane Republicans, the better. I'm sort of pessimistic, though, honestly, about saving the Republican Party. I'm sort of pessimistic right in the short term about third party options, which makes me kind of a, a Biden Republican, I guess. Wow. 
uh, coming out of coming out of your mouth that is huge <laughs> i don't know if it's huge but it's uh I mean, it's, I mean it's just i'm trying to be realistic about what what matters you know and I, I mean i don't i wouldn't design some of the spending programs the way biden has i wouldn't do a lot of other things he and the democratic congress are trying to do and some of them i think are going to be modified in directions that will make me more comfortable with them but again those things Spending 23% versus 21% of GDP on federal programs, tax rates of 40% instead of 36%, they pale by comparison with the threat the Republican Party, as it's constituted now, uh, in its following of Donald Trump, in its enabling of Trump, and in its embrace of the big lie, in its refusal to repudiate what happened truly on January 6th and, and what happened before that to make possible January 6th. I mean, that's not a party. That's a party that needs to be kept out of power, I think. Now, um, since uh, now that you brought that up, I think it's important to your friends, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. Uh, these were people that I think some had a lot of respect for. I think in the past you've respected them. What are your thoughts about the machinations that they are going through uh, is, as opposed to being leaders of their pew instead uh, being followers of the crazies. Yeah, I think, and, and uh, I think they both have failed to, to rise to the occasion, at least. Mitch McConnell, I would say, has at least occasionally said the right thing and has not tried to uh, uh, echo Trump as much as he might have, though he enabled Trump for, for four years, no question, as, as Senate leader, Senate majority leader. Uh, McCarthy, I think, is much worse in the sense that we've now purged Liz Cheney and, and he's fully and he's got Elise Stefanik and he's endorsed her for number three in the house and she's just fully on board she's all in on the craziest of the conspiracy theories in Arizona and elsewhere she voted to overturn the uh, at least one slate of electors on January 6th McConnell certainly didn't do that so you know McConnell and McCarthy did I think of it this way McCarthy, Scalise and Stefanik will be the leadership of the house I suppose if Stefanik wins uh, tomorrow and uh, they all voted to overturn the electors on January 6th, really something that's so beyond the pale. Whatever you think of the Senate Republicans, I think only eight or nine of them, I can't remember, voted right. to do that. McConnell certainly didn't and spoke against it. So it's a little difference between McConnell and McCarthy, but basically neither of them has stood up to Trump. But basically it's unbelievable how few elected officials, especially at the federal level, have stood up. You know, uh, Mitt Romney has been a consistent voice he hasn't really, I, I've got to say, he could have done a little more, I think. He said he said the right things, and I, and I respect him highly for that. And he's taken a huge amount of grief. He hasn't tried to mobilize exactly people against Trump. Adam Kinzinger in the House has. Uh, there have been other instances of individuals. Well, there are 10 of them, who, yeah. 10 of them voted for impeachment. I give them a lot of credit. Uh, the reason why Liz Cheney is important is that she has said she wants to not just say the right thing now, she wants to lead an effort to save the party from Trump. None of the others has been on board for doing that. A couple of people, Joe Walsh and Bill Well, tried to run for president against Trump. I, I salute them for the effort, but it, it wasn't, it did turn out there was just not enough support. They probably weren't the perfect uh, uh, leaders of that, though they tried, and I, I give them credit too. But I think the reason Cheney's interesting is a true conservative who supported Trump much longer than, you know, I, I thought wise, but she wanted to go bend over backwards to see if the party could just kind of, you know, deal with Trump for four years, not to pay too high a price. And then he would be defeated, he would leave and they, and they could get things back to normal. He was defeated, he didn't leave easily. He whipped up a huge conspiracy theory and, a, and an attack on America really. And I think this really shocked Liz Cheney. 
uh, not just that he did that, but the number of people who were willing to go along. And that's why I think she voted for impeachment. I mean, she was appalled by what she saw on January 6th, but that's why she's been so forceful for the last three or four months. She, she understands in a way that the others don't, that this is really a disaster, not just for the party, as she said, but for the country. For the country. And so to her credit, she now wants to lead an effort to fight it within the party. We'll see how much support she can rally, but she's a formidable figure. And so I, I'm, I think there's some hope there. Um, but she may also find there isn't that much support for her, at least in the short term within the party. Still, there's no, it's still an important thing to do. Uh, and she may decide in two years to, you know, that the party isn't the place to stay. She, she puts country first over party. John McCain put country first. It's, a, it's regrettable how few others do. I wonder, though, I talk to a lot of people. I live in a very red area here in Texas. And, you know, uh, it, it's amazing to me that I don't see uh, in my area the, the, the sort of craziness that I see. And I wonder how much of the party is really crazy. And as much as he got 71 million, 74 million votes in the election, which always concerned me. But um, Elise Stefanik and Josh Hawley, both uh, from elitist colleges, from uh, Ivy League colleges, um, do you, they're playing games, right? Yeah, and look, I think on your point, I, I think a chunk of the party is, a lot of the party, most of the party's not crazy. Most of the party is more accommodating to Trump than I would like in the sense that they, they think, well, he's got these problems, these deficiencies, this conspiracy stuff's a little kooky, but you know, we want the lower taxes and good judges and, and we don't like Biden's policies in area B, ABC. I don't think they see how serious the threat right. is of letting the Trumpist conspiracy theorizing right. kind of run loose. But I agree, there are a lot of decent people who voted for Trump, and uh, I don't think they should have, but they did. And, and they could be, this is Liz Cheney's point, there, there are people who could be won back over uh, for conservative policies without the Trumpist conspiracy theorizing. Hawley, Stefanik, they're all, they're cynical, maybe they've talked themselves into it, I can't see into people's hearts and souls, but um, the degree of just opportunistic cynicism has also been pretty extraordinary. <laughs> Yeah, I can't see it. Now, Bill, tell me, I always end my, my question in this way to say, uh, please tell me something that you think I should have asked you that yeah. I didn't. I mean, this is, I, I think this is, I don't, I can't think of anything or I mean, I can think of a million things, but of course, uh, I want to, you know, uh, this has been a good interview. I've enjoyed it. I would say this, I, it's interesting. We barely discussed Joe Biden. I think I said I was a Biden Republican, but I do think a lot hinges, I think we all get into, especially people talking to me, of course, they want to talk about Trump and the Republican Party and the conservative movement, totally reasonable. But a lot hinges on Joe Biden succeeding as president. In my right. opinion. I think we, we don't quite sometimes appreciate that. You know, if he were to fail, I mean, let's just say fail for reasons beyond his control. I'm not even making a judgment here about, I rather like his, respect his administration and like much of what he's done. But, but if, if it all falls apart for some reason or other, I think we're in a world of trouble as a country. We'll have a, the, the Trumpism and the Republican party will get on steroids. The Democrats could go left in response. Maybe there would be some heartening then centrist party or something like a party that would be heartening, that would be hopeful. But I really worry about the radicals. The polarization is already bad. Uh, the partisanship's bad. One of the two parties is really toying with being pretty fundamentally, I'd say anti-democratic. Uh, we have one party now holding down the fort, an administration that's trying to be mostly responsible, leadership in the House and the Senate who are mostly being, I think, pretty responsible on the Democratic side. But, you know, how long does that last under, under a lot of stress, economic stress, foreign policy stress, other things? So I really hope 
the country can pull together under President Biden's leadership and uh, we can be straight, stronger. And then, you know, then I think we could perhaps work out, uh, work some of the Trumpism out of our system. But I, I think it's very important that Joe Biden succeed. And that's one, one reason I, you know, I'm not doing much. I mean, in the, I don't talk to people in the administration that much. They know what I think, but uh, it's why I wish them well. And to the degree that I can help them in small ways by trying to uh, provide some uh, support from a moderate and conservative point of view for some of their policies, try, persuade them to modify some policies to get more support. Uh, it's why I do feel it's important to help Joe Biden succeed, really. Bill Crystal, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. My pleasure, really. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. You know, a lot of, um, uh, let, me, let me go ahead before, let's see, it's 3.33. Let me do my ask first, and then we'll go ahead and um, we'll talk about the interview, and we'll bring on Jen Psaki with what, what I wanted to put on. But anyhow, folks, if you are just joining us, please, if you are on YouTube, please don't forget, click on that Join button, become a part of our YouTube, uh, our PDR Posse. And by the way, if you're on the PDR Posse, I have a portion of this interview that I did after uh, I interviewed him where we actually spoke about uh, redistribution and Medicare for All. And I think his responses will shock you. So become a member today and then check that, that piece out, which is, um, look, the premium members, I have to give something kind of special to, the, to our premiums every so often. Premium members are the folks who decided to say, we're going to help politics out. So please go ahead and join politics right now. Just click on that join button, become a part of our team. Click that join button, become a part of our team. If you don't see that join button or if you are on Facebook or some other network, click on politics, whoops, go here. Click on politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. And by the way, we also have a cup designed by our own PDR Posse leader. And you know who our own PDR Posse, uh, Posse leader is, Bridge MCP. And there you see people who have gotten our cups. You want to get one of our cups, please do. Go ahead and go to, our, to this link that I'm putting in there. Uh, you can get that the cup and they'll ship it all out for you with that shows what we're all about. And if you notice, I interviewed Bill Crystal, right? It, 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 if, if, you, if you read the cup that Bridge MCP designed, you can see the reasons why we engage everybody. The reasons why we engage everybody. So please, folks, be a part of the team. Go ahead and click that join button if you are on YouTube. If you join right now, I'll put your name up here on the screen as well. Uh, again, you can go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube to join us. By the way, as far as books are concerned, you see all those books that we have scrolling through. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. And how to make America utopia take away the economy from those who rigged it. Those three books, you can find all those books in every form, both electronic and in uh, paperback form at politicsandright.com books politicsandright.com slash books. By the way, we have an offer. We have an offer from Tom C. A couple of folks have already uh, uh, sent in for, to get into that pool. He's given away two books. Tom C. has made a donation to Politics Done Right. And for that donation, he wants me to give two people a book each. So please go ahead and 
send me an email at, I need to put that here, info at politicsdoneright.com. Info at politicsdoneright.com. I'll put those names in a bag and pull out the winners of the PDR, uh, the, the name of the person who will receive one of our books, specifically, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Our Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. So go ahead and send an email to info at politicsunright.com along with your, the address that you want the book mailed to, and we will do so. Folks, there are other ways that you can support our program. You can support us through Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or as usual, you can support us via PayPal. That is politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. And of course, you can get all our products at our store. That is politicsdoneright.com slash store, politicsdoneright.com slash store. Okay, I tell you what, let me go ahead and play the Jen Psaki video first, because that's going to be a quick turnaround. And then we'll talk about the interview that we just did. Uh, I know a few people are like, ah, I don't trust that guy, like Norman and brother, Norman Reynolds, my good friend, as well as um, Michael Rodnan. But I, I'm, I want to say a few things about that. But let's go to Jen Psaki. Where is Jen Psaki? There she is. It seems like the right-wing press corps simply never learned. You would think they would come a bit more prepared after trying the same, the same types of questions to really get Jen Psaki, get the Biden administration. You would think that they would go ahead and be prepared, but it just shows you the shallow shell. It just shows you the empty vessel that these guys are, instead of pursuing things of interest, if you want to really challenge the, the, the Biden administration, challenge them and ask them, why aren't you fighting much harder for student loan forgiveness? Why aren't you fighting much harder for the uh, police brutality, etc., etc., etc.? There are items that you can fight President Biden about and say, we want you to give more priority to this, or why are you not giving more priority to this? But a silly question like, at the border, why haven't you visited the border? What do you say to those who are criticizing the president and vice president who have not to date made an in-person visit to the southwest border? Who are those? Who are those? Those who have criticized. There have like been, who? There have been lots of people criticizing the fact that they've not made a, a trip to the border yet. Like who? Um, those in the Republican Party, criticism from others. Well, I don't know who I'm responding to, uh, but what I will say is that the president's focus I'll and the... Just the other day, um, one of the senators held a press conference where that was a major criticism. The fact one of the senators. Okay. Well, the president... Senator Rick Scott. Okay. Well, the president's focus and the vice president's focus is on solutions. And what, our, uh, what we've seen over the past several months uh, is that while well, we came in and there were, was little preparation for uh, what was going to be a surge of migrants at the border, what we've done since then is 
uh, rapid or is massively reduced the number of uh, children who are at border patrol facilities from over 5,000 to under 1,000. The number is probably even lower than that now, and massively reduced the number of hours that these children are spending in these facilities. So our focus is on working in, through the interagency process, pressing to eliminate bureaucracy, and making sure that we're taking steps that treat them in a humane and moral uh, way, and we're less worried about press conferences or political games that are being played by some. I like the, the response that she gives at the end. Uh, we're not going to play games. But the other thing is there's a factual response that she can give as well that I think she needs to add to the repertoire. We won't waste our time on making presentations that don't lead to any change of, of whatever it is that we have to get accomplished. When we go and we fly to Michigan to talk about jobs, we're, we're giving those people hope that the jobs are going to be taken care of. Whenever when We are showing results at the border by the numbers that come out. So it, it, is, it is inconsequential for us to go and stand up at the border and say, here is a problem we can all see a problem that is all reported. Notice it's not all that much on the news anymore. And the reason why is that slowly things are getting under control from the disaster that was left by Donald Trump. From the disaster that was left by Donald Trump. And before we go into, again, the, the, the uh, interview again, I want to remind you of the type of people that we now have inside of our, oops, wrong, wrong button here. The type of people that we have in, that are, these, these right wing, and I'm not talking about my white wing, right wing friends now. I'm talking about the fringe element that they are sending. This is a, this is a congressperson. I want you to check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. But just check this out. Wait, I want to get it on the screen. I'm sorry. I didn't this get is, that right. Let's start Ocasio it over again. You want to talk to Crazy Ocasio, you come to this little thing and you open it up and you whisper confession into her. Session. This is confession. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Ocasio confession right there. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I'm an American citizen. I pay your salary through the taxes that you collect from me through the IRS because I'm a tax-paying citizen of the United States. I'm a woman, I'm a female business owner, and I'm proud to be an American woman. And I do not support your socialist policies, and I do not support your murderous abortion policies. As a mother of three children, I'm appalled at New York's law for abortion, and it needs to end and it needs to stop now. You're bringing God's judgment on our country, and I'm against it, as well as my friends. So you need to stop being a baby and stop door and come out and face the American citizens that you serve. If you want to be a big girl, you need to get rid of your diaper and come out and be able to talk to the American citizens instead of us having to use a flap, a little flap. It's kind of like her. She's kind of Sad. Flappy. She's like, she keeps flapping her gums. This oh, is like, this flappy, is, flappy. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, this, this, is this is like child games. This is, this is child Hello there. Hello. Hashtag, where's AOC? <laughs> I hear you in there. It's creepy. It's, it's hide and seek. This is, this is, 
Huh? Hide and seek. This hide and seek? Tag, you're it. Guess what? You can't stay in there forever. Can you come out and play? <laughs> All right, so we were, I guess she got the message before we came here. Guys, if you want to come out to yeah. uh, visit the socialist, communist, you're, you're a very good artist. I'm, I'm just trying to decorate, you know? This is her book where we sign it. This is her signing book, and I'm just signing it. Should we draw a wall? Should we draw a wall? Yeah, Let's yeah. Wall. Where's it? Is there another pen? We really want to draw a wall. So let's draw what a wall looks like, everybody. This is a wall. This woman is a thug. Representative Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is a common thug. And I think we need to start referring to her exactly as what she is. That kind of behavior is not only uncalled for for a congresswoman, it's dangerous, and it leads others to do things they shouldn't. Marjorie Taylor Greene is a thug. And I think it is time. It is time for Nancy Pelosi, uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, not to censor her, but to vote her to hell out of Congress because she is a clear and present danger to every one of those people in that house. Every one of those people in that house, she presents a clear and present danger. I just wanted to get that out. I, want, I had a lot more to say about that, but let's move on. Let's go ahead and talk about um, uh, what, what you guys want to talk about now. Okay, let's see. I have here, um, Mike Cisak says, Bill Crystal, that left-wing hack. You ask Michael Rudnan if he believes Bill Crystal is a left-wing hack. Like I said in the interview, I've been watching Bill Crystal for decades. And I, I, from the, when I had hair, I was pulling it out. When I didn't have hair, I was trying to find some strands to pull. Well, I shave it every day, but I try to find some strands to pull. All right, folks, uh, let's continue here. Uh, Mike C. William Bill Crystal is an American neoconservative political analyst, a frequent commentator on several networks, just about on every network. Oh, so cool. Let's see what else we got here. Um, Mike Cisak says he's, he's long been a left-winger. No, don't, not, because, not because he doesn't agree with the people that are doing crazies in the Republican Party means otherwise. Norman Reynolds says, I don't think Bill Crystal is credible. He has never apologized for all the incredibly bad stuff he said. His change is superficial. Let me tell you, uh, uh, that may be true, uh, Norman. I won't doubt that. But let me tell you what I do believe, however. I am not, look, I'm not concerned about Bill Crystal or, or uh, I, I have an interview also set up with um, Taylor, uh, Miles Taylor. Uh, these are uh, Miles Taylor is a leader of that new movement to um, to to create a new party. Um, I am not interested in what's really deep in their hearts because what's deep in their hearts have little control over me. What I'm concerned about is can they be a part of preventing us from becoming 
further an autocracy. And where we have to make alliances to accomplish that, I think we have to make alliances to accomplish that, in my humble opinion. Michael Rodney says, left wing wants to cut the military budget in half, bring our troops home, and end our imperialism. Left wing warmonger is a contradiction in terms. Very true. Uh, Joseph Williams, sadly, I too recall Bill's partnership for a new American century and that letter sent to Clinton on Iraq and signed by a neoconservative who ended up working for Bush. That was the tilt downward. Yes, Mike Cisak says the Trump conservatives range from conservative Democrats to libertarians types who know that the real threat is the unelected bureaucracy in the executive that has grown out of control. But Crystal likes the unelected bureaucracy. For all those people that you're claiming that, I've, I've made a test of that. I've spoken to Trumpists, right? Not in my area, but in other areas. And I really wanted to know if what they really were concerned about was that bureaucracy that was somehow having their boot on their necks. No, that's not it, CSAC. And if you think that you're dreaming, it is a nativist attitude. It is the belief that we are losing our birthright to those others. And for those who say, well, by the way, there are some minorities that are also, or, or people of color that are also Trumpists. Yeah, I know. Hell, my, I have a sister that's a Trumpist. They have yet to be able to separate exactly what's going on and forgetting that people like Candace Owens are tools to be used so that they can accomplish a task and they will be maintained in their place. It's that simple. Uh, Mike Cisak sounds like you swallowed the big lie. Yes, he has. But he's still here with us, so we still love him because we'll get to him. Norman Reynolds says, following him, he refuses to say that he and others courted this recessive gene to win. It's not Donald Trump. It's the lack of values. It has been and is power. And if you remember the question, that, that is very true, Norman. Remember the specific questions I said. For those uh, that I asked him, I said that all Donald Trump was, he exposed who the party really has always been. Remember that? That was one of the questions that I asked him. Bruce Pollard, good day, my brother. How are you doing? Uh, Bridge MCP says, and by the way, Bruce is done with the first pass of the editing that we're going to modify on, on, on Amazon as soon as we clear, clear that through. Thank you very much, Bruce, for being an honorable brother helping us get the book out. So he's going to be the official editor of the book in print, folks. All right, Bridge MCP says, not really a third party, a real GOP party. I mean, seriously, we need people working together like parents for kids. That is we the people. Yes. And not only that, Bridge, I want a Republican Party. I want a strong conservative movement. And why do I want a strong conservative movement? Only a conceited, self-centered person can believe they are always absolutely right. I am a true progressive. I want all the things Michael Rodnan speaks about. I want a good democratic socialist state based on free enterprise. That's what I want. In the process of getting there, I am sure there are policy things that we will come up with that I'm wrong about, that you are wrong about, that others are wrong about, and that it will be 
through the, the, the conservative mantra that they may point it out to you. I'm right there. That is what we need. We need to have intellectual discussions. Now, remember what I said. There are two kinds of things. There are things that are gray area, meaning it's neither wrong or right. It's just what you prefer. Do you want big government or small government? If you want small government, you have to acknowledge that a lot of people will starve. You have to acknowledge that there won't be equality among people because of several incident, several things that not having a good control will bring about. Will bring about. But if all, if, if the vast majority of Americans say that's what they want, then that's what they want. But that's not what the vast mass of American people are saying. You ask them the questions, 60 plus percent of Americans want the things that progressives want. And if you go further, it's closer to 80 percent when you start talking about many other progressive issues uh, that people want. So, um, well, yeah, let me, let me go to Deborah John. Deborah John said, Egbert, I can't remember his name. But he's part of the Lincoln Project. He was altered. Yeah, I know who you mean. Um, uh, I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, I'll tell you in a minute. In a sec- Steve Schmidt, British MCP, told you who it is. Current policy will prove itself out if not satisfied by voters. Then 2022 will be the answer to its... Yeah. But of course, you have to allow things to work. Under Obama, the Republicans sabotage his entire agenda. And in sabotaging his aden- agenda... It was much less than it could have been or should have been. Welcome, May Wood. And as much as you're late, we love you. Mike Cisak, I, I guess Democrats are crazy too since they voted to overturn the 2016 election in Congress, but we don't hear that from Crystal or anyone else. They voted to overturn the election in 2016? No, they did not. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Donald Trump became president. No, you had a few people that wanted to make a stance, but they did nothing like what you guys did. Okay, Squido, exactly. I don't know what you're exactly about, Squido, but you may tell me. Paul Cisak, Mike Cisak says, Paul, they did at least a dozen of them. Yeah, but they didn't have any correspondence senators like they did, which is required to make a change. Compare apples and apples, my friend. Ellen Strenzard, uh, Mike Cisak, could you cite your source for that statement, generally, uh, Mike Cisak don't have a lot of sources when he has sources, except for one good one he had yesterday from the government itself. That was a good one, but generally he does not. We still love him. More Democrats objected to 2016 Electoral College results than GOP did this year. I like that talking point. How many senators again? Which is what's required? Uh, Michael Ren and Crystal might have enjoyed that interview. It mostly got on my nerves. I think it got on quite a few progressives' nerves. But that is not what we are here for. We are here to make sure we don't become an autocracy. Ed Lauder, if they have nothing to hide in Arizona, why delete subpoena data? It's required by law to keep the information for 22 months. Uh, Ed Lauder, who's destroying data? I don't know what you're talking about. But that thing was tested several times, and they got all the information. Uh, Bridge MCP, this guy, Bill Crystal, talks looking up. That says something. Watching too many profiles. <laughs> Paul Fleming, Joseph Murphy, welcome aboard. Of course, Crystal likes Biden's administration. It's a 1980s-style Republican administration. That, I would have agreed with you, Joseph Murphy. I would have agreed that what that is what I expected 
but that is not what we're getting. Um, I want us to look at things objectively. So far, Joe Biden has been a much more progressive president than President Obama was allowed to be. Uh, Biden is getting a lot more support, including from centrist Democrats that held back Obama from doing the things Obama wanted to do. So Obama just acquiesced to his party instead of acquiescing to the activists. Let's, let's, let's kind of look through unfiltered lens, my brother, please. Paul Fleming says, the best interview to date. Well, thank you so kindly, sir. Democrats also objected to 2000. <laughs> okay, CSAC. All right, you're always here discussing topics, sharing, learning, so why not join the PDR Posse? Listen to my good friend, Bridge MCP. Click that join button, folks. Please become a part of our team. We need the support. We honestly need the support to keep doing what we're doing. Eric Hayes say, it's Joe Carter or Jimmy Biden. Huh? Don't know what you're talking about. All right, let's see. Tom C., looking forward to finding out who gets the free book. I will let you know when it happens. Uh, we, uh, so, folks, go ahead and send info at politicsandright.com. If you're interested in a free book provided to you by Tom C., one of our PDR Posse members. He's given away two of our books, PDR Posse members. Click on the PDR Posse. Click on the Join button if you're on YouTube or go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube to become a member. All right, let's continue here. Let's, Maywood says, no, that's a reply. Bridge MC, oh, geez, the book I want is free on Kindle. Which one do you want? Uh, we don't, I don't think any of our books are free on Kindle. Norman Reynolds says, if we can prove tax cuts for the rich is support of trickle-down is a farce and each human owned their bodies, including women, War or evil? What is Bill Crystal's conservatism? Become a part of the PDR Posse and listen to how he, how he said it to me. Pretty cool. Eric Hayes. Egberto, they can ask whatever they want, so get off that excuse that it doesn't fit the wants of the administration. Huh? Don't understand. All right. Let's see where I can go. Uh, Bridge MCP, Deborah John. Um, the duck that quacks. That ship will be in dry dock a long time after Captain Trampolini ran in directly into the iceberg. What a loser. What's wrong with Green? That's the same question AOC is asking. And Michael Rudnan says, oh, she's manic. She's manic. Oh, my God, I cannot stand her. Give me a New York Five with her. All right, let's continue reading down the line. It's definitely uncivil, the duck that quack says. Eric Hayes says, isn't the wall now being built again? No, it's not. The video should be put before the ethics board. I agree, the duck that quacks. Impeachment for Green? Yes. Uh, Paul Fleming says, at any other workplace, she would be fired. There should be a security solution to calm this down. If she can't be fired, she can actually be kicked out of the house. And there are the votes to do so, I believe. Egberto, uh, what you say is true on some of both sides, yes. Egberto, is she calling for people to attack GOP like your Democrats do? Mm, wow, I didn't know we did. The GOP went from being a right-wing party that defends democracy and the free market to a right-wing party that wants to destroy democracy and the free markets for the sake of money and power. 
I agree with that so far. So is Bill comparison to Joe Manchin? Uh, no. Term limit, please. I don't believe. Term limit is anti-democratic. A lot of people believe in it. I personally don't believe in it. Egberto, I think everyone chooses what they want to hear. And so let Candace be Candace and AOC be AOC. Uh, well, not if they're creating havoc. Norman Reynolds says, Bill Crystal credibility, you cannot depend on his word that he means what he says or will not stab you in the back. You must assume that we all will get stabbed in the back from a politician. Hell, a lot of Democrats have already stabbed many of us in the back. I remember the fights that we had in 2009. In 2009, did we get stabbed in the back? You bet your life we got stabbed in the back, and it wasn't from the Republicans. Let's remember that. I want everybody to understand that. We, all of us activists, all of us progressives, all of us politically engaged, we have to simply remember who we serve. We serve the masses. We serve Americans. That's who we serve. And the politicians, mm, we work through them. We work through them. Folks, we got to get out of here. I want to first thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. Egberto, I'm going to repeat one you skipped. Listen to a war criminal who was in part responsible for our invasion of Iraq as if he's a serious pundit worthy of being heard out after what he's done. But come on. So did Biden. So did most Democrats in the House and the Congress. They all supported this war. They chose to support the war and they always do. We have to go beyond particular issues and work, in my humble opinion, at, with what we got, we got to get the best for every one of our brothers and sisters. And then we have to work our asses off to get those who deserve to be in power, in power, in power, in power. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.